Welcome to season two of Just One God Ready Woman podcast. Y'all, I'm so excited that you have joined me for yet another season experiencing with me God's goodness, his mercy, the trials and tribulations, and of course, the testimonies that I have been on for the past couple of months. So let's get into this, child. Welcome to another episode of Just One God Ready Woman. Um, I am so excited to speak about the topic that we're going to be talking about because we're going to be talking about friendships. We're going to be talking about who is in your crew, okay? But before we get started, y'all know the drill. Close your eyes if you can and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we invite you into the space. God, I invite you into the space. I pray, Lord, that you would mute all of me and increase the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I pray, Lord, that I will touch your people, that I thank you, God, for the opportunity to be a vessel of your word and to get to give the message about the importance of good people in our life, great people that we can call on to help us when times of need, God, because it is important that your children know that we need a crew. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Who is in your crew? So let's first start off with a little backstory about like how um, I was revealed, well, how I wanted to speak about this and where in the Bible would be a great example of a who is in your crew moment. So before, um, I would say growing up, um, I was so dependent on people. I was a follower. I was a big time follower. And I always followed, you know, I think it's because I didn't, I didn't see my worth. I didn't see the light that I see now. I don't, I didn't see the, the capability of, you know, being confident in having the great ideas and being able to see myself in such a worthy light. So I was a follower. And I remember it was this time last year. I I would say it was last year. I lost four friends in one night. We went out to a concert. Um, some stuff had went down. And I remember I just drove home. I'm crying to my best friend. And, you know, I'm just outpouring my emotions. And it's crazy because when those four friends left out my... Well, when I left those four friends out from my life, I didn't speak to them ever again. That night, I was driving home. Like I said, I was driving home. It's like 11 at night and I had work at like 5 in the morning. So I'm driving home and I'm close to home, but I pop a tire, Right? And so now I'm even more frantic. I'm like, yo, it's 12 a.m. in the middle of the morning. I don't pop the tire. Like, can this day get any worse? And you know what God showed me that, you know, you know what God showed me that night that I just had a revelation on? Even though I lost four friends in one night, God surrounded me with four new friends as soon as I called them. I'm talking about... I call one person, they call in my other homegirl, they call in my bestie, and they all pull up trying to help me with my tire situation. Who's in your crew? 
Okay, that's that's the question. Who is in your crew? Do you have people that you can call on and they come through for you, no questions asked? Let's look at it spiritually. Do you have a couple of hitters that you can call up when the enemy is trying to attack you and you need some prayer warrior women? You need some prayer warrior men to come in your circle and intercede for you? Because if you don't, who's in your crew, right? I know that I'm a person and people know me now. You call me, you give me a problem, let's pray about it. Because Matthew eighteen twenty says, when two or three are gathered in God's presence, there he is in the midst, right? Do you know that it's powerful when two people come together praying to God? It's powerful when you pray by yourself, but when you have two people who pray to the same one true living God, do you know how God moves, right? Today, we were learning in church um, how to become a better me, right, for a we. I know that I need to constantly have God do heart surgery in me so that my me becomes a better we for the people that he's bringing into my life, right? I asked God last November, November 22nd, I did a um, 40-day Let There Be challenge where I wrote down 40 things and and for the next 40 days, I declared and decreed every single morning. I mean, I didn't skip a beat. There were some mornings when I forgot and I was at work that evening. Child, I went home just to go home and read that list because I made a promise to read these 40 things every single day for the next 40 days. And it started with let there be, right? So for example, let there be a fire for God. Let there be a relinquish on my on my finances. What I specifically put down were two things. Let there be a godly community that God has for me. And the other thing was let there be friendships that are ordained by God and how I see God is moving God continuously removes the people that he knows that are not good for me that he knows are not going to push me forward that he knows that the people who are holding me back holding me back they need to be removed they need to be removed expeditiously and he will in his own time when I'm confident of being alone and you know understanding that yes I need to become a better me for a we right because the enemy what the enemy wants you to think is that you have to be alone now when I said that I that God had me um learn how to be alone That was because that was an isolation. I needed to understand God and I's we, right? I had to understand, God, how can you make me a better me for our relationship? So that when our relationship relationship starts to bloom and um, blossom into this beautiful thing that you're working on on the inside of me, I can then take this strengthened me and go out and make we's for the right people that you have for me, right? 
And so the enemy wants you to think that you have to be alone, that you have to be, that you don't need people in your corner, that you have to go through things alone. When God had a crew, Jesus had a crew. Let me give you an example. God had a crew when um, it was a story in Genesis when they came, it was a foreshadow of um, Abraham. And it was a foreshadow of him, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Let me find it real quick, y'all, because let me see. God giving Sarah a promise. Yeah, a promise. Here we go. Genesis 18 is telling me. So we're going to go to Genesis 18. Child, the Holy Spirit just be taking me everywhere knowing I'm not prepared. Oh, okay. It was Genesis 18, verse 1. And you know the title's called The Three Visitors. So we're going to start here. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, Abraham speaking, Abraham said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. And then we keep going, right? We keep going. And it goes here, verse 9. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. They are in the tent, Abraham said. Then one of them out of the three said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Okay? Um, in, that, in, that, in that dialogue, right, when I first read it, I said three visitors. Okay, so I know God is one of them. Who are the other two? And I, when I reread it again, it dawned on me the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It was a foreshadow of God and his, and his crew, the Holy Trinity, speaking to Abraham in that moment. You know how they said when I was reading it and it said they? They is one, right? And so in this moment, we see even God was never alone. Even God is never alone. God has his three. God has his crew. Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that's his crew. Jesus had a crew. Y'all know Jesus had a crew. His 12 disciples. What the enemy does not want you to know is that you need a crew. You need not only a crew, you need a God-ordained crew, right? You need people in your circle that can push you that can push you to the same the same atmosphere that God is calling you to go forward, right? You need people who who have who have wise words when you give them a problem. Not people that when you tell them a problem, yeah, go beat her up. Go do this. Go slash her tire. What? No. I don't need that nonsense in my ear. I need people when I'm going through something, let's pray about it first. Let's call God into this conversation so that 
God can speak through that person I'm speaking to, right? And give me words of wisdom. I know, for me personally, I have one girl. Her name's Sidaru. I call her Sydney. God uses Sydney every single time when I have an issue. It's actually pretty crazy. And he revealed that to me. And then I let her know. Do you know why? Because the thing is, before before I would go to Sydney, or before before anything, right? I was I was tended to go to people before I went to God, and God convicted me of that. He was like, "My daughter, I'm your friend too. I'm your I'm your dad. I'm your daddy. Why don't you come to me first before you go to other people?" And I was like, "God, you're right. I'm, I apologize. I'm sorry." Next time I have an issue, I'm going to come to you. And that's what I do now. Every single time I have an issue, I go straight to God first. And then I ask him, please reveal to me how I'm supposed to go about this. You know, the way that you speak to me. Please speak to me, however it is, so that I may listen. And God make it evident, too, because your girl be kind of slow. I need, like, a clear shot of what you're trying to say. And so I'm always bound to go to Sydney to talk about what's going on or the situation right and God will use her and I feel God's presence whenever she speaks because it's God speaking it's the God in her speaking to me and all I can do is just be quiet and really take in what is being said and I feel like God has been doing that even before we we both gave our life to Christ right and it's just like who is in your crew who do you who how who do you know gives you wise words when you're going through something? Not trying to hype up, you know, the what the enemy wants you to do. But who can you call on that first can pray with you, second can love on you, third can speak life into you, and fourth can relate it back to the word? So let's go to the main sermon of why I chose who's in your crew. Luke 5, um... Luke 5, where is it? Right here. 17. We're going to read the story, okay, of a paralyzed man. Jesus forgives and heals a paralyzed man. One day, Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Don't miss this, y'all. Verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. And try to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your, your sins are forgiven. Let's break this down. Verse 18 you you're telling me some of the so, so you're telling me that this paralyzed man's friends came carrying their paralyzed friend on a mat and tried to take him into a crowded house where Jesus was. Imagine that. Imagine that now they know. I, I ain't gonna lie, I would be in the crowd too. You telling me Jesus is here? I want pulling up. I don't care how crowded that house is. I don't care how crowded wherever he is is i don't care how crowded it is if i see a paralyzed man and i see his friends carrying this paralyzed man to get to jesus so that 
because they have confidence that Jesus can heal them, I would be, I would be breath, my breath would be taken. How amazing it is that this paralyzed man had friends that loved him so bad that wanted and had confidence in Jesus to heal their friend. They came carrying this man on a mat. And when they couldn't find a way to get into the house, when they couldn't find a way to get through the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him into the middle of the mat through the tiles into the middle of the ground, uh, the middle of the crowd. You're telling me his friends were like, bump this. We're about to get on the roof, break down this roof, get some materials and lower this par- lower our paralyzed man down or paralyzed friend down to the floor so that he can touch Jesus so that he can have an encounter with Jesus. And then Jesus saw their faith and automatically said, friend, your sins are forgiven. What? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just, God just revealed to me when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. It's like Jesus not only healed this paralyzed man, but he also forgave the paralyzed man's friend's sins and he called them friend. You need people who bring you closer to God, not push you away. You need people in your circle that can uplift you with the word of God and not try to go by these worldly sayings. I just, um, God made me realize and understand. You can't go around saying what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. No, what does kill you, like how Jesus died on the cross Jesus Jesus was killed, was crucified, and it made him stronger. It made him stronger in the sense of when people say the name Jesus, they get they get a little they get a little oozy. They feel something because the presence of Jesus is real. When Jesus died, it made the cross even stronger. It made my faith even stronger. So yes, what does kill me makes me stronger. Because James 1, 2, and 3 talks about the trials and tribulations that I'm, going have, that I'm going to have to go through because my perseverance will grow stronger. Let's go to that real quick. James chapter 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and allow the perseverance to finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I need whatever that can kill me be- to come at me because I know that that test, that tribulation will make me stronger, not only in my faith, but through my trust in God. Who's in your crew? Who's in your crew? Do you have those people that um, you can call to not only speak life, but push you towards God? I'm the type of friend, you give me a problem and God will plant um, a scripture in my mind. And I'll tell you, go here and I need you to read it aloud while we're on the phone or send me a voice memo or do this. I'm that type of friend. My friends know to call me and we're praying on spot and then we can talk about our problem because I need God to speak through. I need God to first enter into our presence, enter to this conversation and speak through me. 
so that I give you the right words to say. Because sometimes, most times, my words, the words I want to use aren't words of wisdom, right? It's words out my flesh. But when I ask God for wisdom, because he told me to in James 1, 5, he said to ask for wisdom and he will not rebuke me for asking it, right? I need God to enter into our conversation so that I may give you God's words and not my own. Who is your who is in your crew? Really ask God because y'all know God's favorite prayer obviously is God if these people are not for me remove them and when he does then you're mad. Why are you mad? You got an answer. You asked the question God gave you an answer. Sometimes it's great, you know, when you're surrounded by the wrong people, God will have you in a season of isolation so that you understand your me is just as strong as a we. But understand that you need to create a we with God first before you can go out and make other we's, right? Who is in your crew? Really reevaluate yourself. And if you want, and I pray that when you when you start to grow your relationship with Christ really ask God to bring in the right people bring you people who will grow you closer to God i need people who want to pull up and do bible studies i need people who just don't want to talk about all these things that the world talks about and gossip and everything let's talk about the word of God let's talk about our situations and you know, did you go through the situation? How can you help me? Did I go through a situation that you're going through? How can I help you? Is there someone in the Bible that's going through the same situation that we're both going through? Let's study that word. Let's study that, that person in the Bible and see how God moved in their lives, knowing that God can do the same in our lives, in our situations. Who is in your crew? Ask God that. And I promise you, when you start to develop a we with God, he will strengthen your me so that your me can be so secure and have so much confidence that even if God removes somebody, you're still standing tall and not feeling like your world is breaking apart because you're so confident that although God took away this other person and we were a we, I still have a we in God, and that means he can still work on me and uproot the the bad weeds in my heart so that I can be a stronger me for the for the right weeds that he will be bringing forth into this relationship so that it can bring me a community of God-ordained friendships so that they can help me and I can help them grow stronger in our relationship with our Father. Y'all have a great day.